And we're here with another episode of Conversations and Connections with the official podcast of the Family Crisis Center of East Texas. I'm Stuart Burson, the Prevention Coordinator for the agency. And with me again, who's somewhat of a semi-regular on the podcast, it seems, uh, Maria Villarreal. She's back with us. Um, uh, And Maria, as you know, is our sexual assault and human trafficking specialist. And I wanted Maria to come on the show. First of all, thank you again, Maria. You were, <laughs> thank you. You are, um, you are so gracious. Anytime I want to come <laughs> into your office and say, hey, let's do a podcast on this. You're always I'm like, uh, sure. okay. more than welcome to do this. <laughs> well, and, and, and one of the reasons I wanted to do this, again, January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month. And um uh, we were in a meeting a, a few weeks ago, and Maria wasn't even involved. It wasn't even really a, a meeting that had to do with Maria, but we were talking about some of these awareness events we had coming up, and we started talking about the terminology that we've been putting on our uh, Facebook page, uh, these key words uh, to kind of bring awareness uh, to human trafficking. And I thought, I think it would be really interesting to have Maria come on to the podcast and talk about um, some of these slang words and these and the terminology that's used in the uh, what's the word the realm I guess of human trafficking and I guess specifically sex trafficking is what uh, we're really talking about but. Lack for a better word, Maria, I just, I kind of find this fascinating and interesting. I don't know if that's a bad thing to say, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I mean, I really yeah. do. I, I, I find this really interesting. Some of these words, I thought, well, if we talk about some of these terms and some of the slang, and for anybody that's listening, if they hear these words uh, spoken by someone close to them or an acquaintance, whatever the uh, you know, it it may bring to light something they need to be uh, um, concerned about, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. right? Yeah, we do need to talk about, you know, the language and everything because human trafficking really is its own culture. Like, it does have, like, its own rules and hierarchy and everything. So the terms do need to be talked about. So with that being said, um, it could be triggering. So um, we're big on self-care and everything. If you or somebody that you know is a survivor of human trafficking, um, you know, you can always give us a call. We'd be more than happy to talk to you and try to help you figure things out. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, again, some of these uh, words we use and the meaning behind these words are um, very mature. Um, we're going to try not to be graphic. Uh, I really don't want to tick the... Uh, uh, the uh, listener discretion box, but um, I just want to let everyone know that, again, like Maria said, some of this stuff may be triggering, and if you have um, uh, young folks that are listening to the podcast with you, uh, you might want to uh, listen to this at a later time. But So when I asked Maria, I said, hey, give me a list of some words that we can talk about. <laughs> Maria gave me a sheet that's literally front and back. Uh, I wasn't expecting so many terms, which is good. <laughs> which is good. He, uh, you were just like, oh my. Ooh. <laughs> so that lets me feel well, like I exceeded your expectations. Well, I know. Of course, we were kind of t- 
to kind of give you a little insight of Maria and I's relationship, she said, did I exceed your rep- your expectations? And I was like, well, I don't know how to answer that. If I said yes, that makes it sound like I didn't expect much from you. Uh, I don't get offended easily. <laughs> but uh, th- no, this, this is a very impressive list. So uh, one of the first words I want to talk about, which to me is probably one of the main words uh, on here, uh, is the term the life. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. What does that mean when you hear somebody referring in this in this realm, again, human trafficking, well, when they talk about the life, what are they talking about? Um, whenever somebody says that they were in the life or I'm in the life, they really are referring to um, that they've been involved or are involved um, in the prostitution world. And I want to say prostitution lightly because like, you know, they could be sex workers, you know, doing this on their own free will, but they could also be um, victims of sex trafficking. So it's it's just a, a term that women and girls as well use whenever they're referring to the act of prostitution. Okay. All right. Uh, it, would you hear this word being discussed, like somebody talking about being in the life? Would it ever mm-hmm. be on a... Like, would they ever wear this word? Like, on a, would it ever be part of, a, like, a tattoo or anything? I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me, honestly. I, I really haven't seen that. What really okay. I tend to see, it's called branding, too. That's another term. Um, branding's whenever somebody gets a tattoo or maybe even a burn or something. It's just anything that can indicate that, that they're the property of a specific trafficker. But I really don't see a whole lot, like, the life. I see the word daddy, which is a term that traffickers make their victims call them um it's a requirement or even the boyfriend's um the trafficker's name it could even be like a throne it could be a crown it could even be like um gang affiliated it can just be anything that will remind the victim that she is the property of this trafficker and they will let other people know other traffickers that she is his property so the word daddy would be on her Mm-hmm. Would be a tattoo on her, yes. even though the pimp is, quote unquote, the daddy. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So one of the other words that you uh you sent to me is stable. Yes. Um. So what are we talking about when we talk about a stable? Um. It's a group of victims um, under the control of one single trafficker. Um, usually it takes either about two or more victims, eh, a, a group of victims, um, in order to be considered a stable. And so one of the things that may shock people to hear is that, um, in a stable, there's usually a bottom, a bottom girl. And the bottom is the girl that is in charge of all the other girls. She is the one that keeps them all in line in check. She will make sure that, you know, they follow the traffickers' orders and everything. Um, She can enjoy certain privileges, such as, like, driving the traffickers' car, um, posting ads, even sleeping more with the trafficker than the other girls. And another thing that may shock other people, too, is that um, in order for the girls to... The trafficker does this thing that... um, he will create jealousy amongst the girls in the stable. So that way the girls are less likely to like become friends and then eventually gang up on him and then leave him. 
So it's there's usually jealousy and competition in the staple. Okay. So if someone's referred to as the bottom, which seems like it's contradictory, you think the bottom would be <laughs> the lowest person on the totem pole, but this is actually someone who is kind of higher rank amongst mm-hmm. uh, the people that uh, this pimp controls and who... I don't even know if he want to say the word works for him. I mean, they do work for him, yeah. but they're not getting any profit out of it, I don't guess. And just just the privileges of, like, you know, sleeping with him more and posting those ads and everything, reporting to him. Right. Also, like, if something were to happen where, like, their operation were, you know, to get busted, like, the trafficker will expect the bottom to take the fall to, like, be like, oh, those are my drugs or, yeah, I'm responsible for that. Um that's fine. Sorry. <laughs> that was my ring. She just hit her, just hit her ring on the microphone. And sorry. Man, it, uh, I heard that in my headphones. Oops. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that, um, yeah, she, she will take the fall for him. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, let's see what else we got here. Exit fee. Yeah. Um, that is usually a very large fee. Um, that a victim has to pay the pimp if she is trying to leave. And so, obviously, the trafficker is going to set it up to a very high amount to try to discourage her from leaving um, because that's his product and everything. So he's going to want, like, you know, he's gonna he's just going to be setting up really high. That way, you know, maybe he can just um, collect the money that he would think he would make from her. So. Okay. It's it's to discourage a, a victim from leaving. Wow. Okay. Is there in there in in that world? Let me ask you this: uh, if if she has to pay an exit fee to leave him, is she free then no. to go to another pimp? I mean, technically, they're never really free. If that makes okay. sense, because even though they leave that trafficker, like you know, now they have to face. The the facts that they're out in the world and everything, and they don't have their their trafficker, their pimp, their boyfriend to protect them anymore, to provide them with money, to provide them with shelter and everything. Not just that, but also, like, I hear a lot of survivors talking about how, you know, my trafficker is following me, my pimp is following me and everything. And so they're not really ever free. Okay. All right. Well, talking about the pimps, uh, on here you have um, a term uh, called gorilla pimp. Mm -hmm. What what does that mean? Um, It's a style of pimping. Um, A gorilla pimp is a pimp that usually uses violence and tortures and beatings to um, keep his victims in control. Now, um, whenever we say gorilla, like we're not really trying to say um, G-O-R- I L L A. What we're trying to say is that he is literally a, a gorilla, like the. Well, it's like a guerrilla warfare. It's mm-hmm. like uh, when you talk about like gorillas and a war. It's yes. the style of, um, I guess, being overly aggressive and yes. being uh, exerting their power mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah, we're we're talking about the violence that is used, not yeah. so much like the animal in the jungle. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, and next to Gorilla Pimp, we have the Romeo or the Finesse Pimp. What's the difference there? Well, I mean, they use the about the same. Um, it just, 
it depends, I guess, on the on the pimp, what his preference may be. But it's the pimp that uses um, love, the promises of love and safety and just support to keep his victims in control. Um, and that is where we see a lot of the manipulation, the brainwashing going on with survivors. Okay. But the thing about it is that, you know, there's always a threat of violence there. Like he will he will resort to violence if needed, but he would prefer to, you know, promise them that he's going to love them and everything if they do this. Like I'm sure. going to you can sleep with me tonight if you make two hundred dollars more than last night or something like that. OK. All right. And I guess is it a is it a privilege for some of these ladies to get to sleep with the pimp? I mean, is that. Yeah. Mm hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a privilege, and like I said earlier, it's a tactic that um, pimps will use to just keep control of their victims and also to prevent um, mutiny within the stable. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see what else we got here. There's, there's so <laughs> many, there's so many, and before we even started, I kind of checked off some of them that I wanted to make sure we definitely uh, got to. Um, Let's look at uh, a track. What is a track? When we uh, talking about a track, and you also said this can also be called a stride or a blade. Yeah, it's an area that's known for prostitution activity. Um, and I want to say again, prostitution lightly, because like I said earlier, some of these women, they could be doing it on their own free will, but you never know. And it's very, very likely that you're going to run into some that are not doing this on their own free will, yeah. they're forced into it. So like um, out in Houston, an area that's known for prostitution activity is Bessonette Street. That's okay. a track that a lot of people know about. In Dallas, it would be Harry Hines Boulevard. Um, that is a track out there in the Dallas area. So it's it's just an area that's known for prostitution and even sex trafficking. Okay. Uh, okay. And, and geez, on this next one, I mean, it kind of goes with track, and you hate to talk about stuff like this, but it is what it is. We also mm -hmm. have something that's called a kitty stroll. Yeah, it's it's like an area where minors are seen to sell themselves and everything and i i really don't like saying that because there there is no such thing as a child prostitute like in, victims minors are automatically victims of sex trafficking no matter what so it doesn't matter if they're just like oh yeah like i wanted to do this for my boyfriend like i'm doing this out of my own free will it doesn't matter and also the thing that i found out is that Maybe there isn't a trafficker. Maybe they are doing this like on their own accord. Mm -hmm. They're still being exploited. The buyer is the one that's exploiting them. Yeah. He is buying the, the minor. And I'm saying he right. because normally it is a male and the victim tends to be a female. Yeah. So minors are automatically protected whenever, you know, they're in the commercial sex industry. Yeah. And I guess it, it, it is something we, we should point out, and I, I know I'll catch myself doing this. Whenever we're talking about sex trafficking, most of the time when we're talking about the victim, I'm probably going to say she or her, although we do know that uh, men and boys uh, can be victims just as well. But it is what it is, and probably the majority of people in human sex trafficking are going to be female, mm -hmm. and the majority of pimps are probably going to be men, I'm assuming. Yeah. So I don't want people to think that it's only females who are uh, victims of trafficking and only men who are pimps. But 
it is the majority. So yeah. uh, I, I'm going to try to be as uh, diplomatic as I can. But I may say she or he, but I don't want anyone to assume that that's there's a solid line drawn between. Yeah, because uh, um, boys, they can be sexually trafficked, too. They can be sexually exploited, too. And males, grown men can be, too. Yeah. There, I know that there is um, an agency out there in Denton that um, works specifically with male survivors of sex trafficking. Like, that is what they do. So, yes, males yeah. and boys can be victims of sex trafficking, too. Okay. Uh, okay, let's see. Let's uh, a renegade. Um, a renegade, that is a woman who is acting on, or, on her own accord um, without a trafficker. Um, usually, it can happen after she's left the life. Um, but still, like I said earlier, you know, these traffickers, they never really leave them to, you know, to live their life and everything. So they'll be, you know, following them or they'll probably be asking other people to follow them. And they're just going to wait until, you know, they're vulnerable or something happens. And then they can just manipulate their yeah. way back into this person's life. Okay. All right. Um, let's see. Um, now, I have heard of this term before, lot lizard. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a derogatory term used used to um you know call women who are out there to truck stops to sell their bodies, um, and so now actually they're trying to use this term a lot less, especially um, truckers against trafficking. Like they actually don't call them lot lizards anymore. You know they see them as you know what they are. They're they're victims. They need help. So um, truckers against trafficking. They actually go through. Um, training to identify trafficking and to properly report it and to help. Wow! Them. Yeah, okay. I that's, know. A, that's cool. cool. I, I that's the first time I've heard you talk about that, but that's that's really that's really neat. Yeah, it's it's really cool. I, I love what they're doing, and you know they're they recognize that it was a problem, and so they they're doing something to stop it. Not just yeah. stop it, but also like help these victims. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see what else we got. We have. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> Okay, uh, now we talked about the life, mm -hmm. uh, but you also have written down the game. Yeah. So what is the game? The game is um, referring to the pimping of girls and women. Um, it's meant to make it seem like getting this money is fun and easy, but it really isn't. Um, and there is actually a book I cannot remember for, I can't, I can't remember right now, but it was written by a pimp. And basically in that book, he talks about how he kept, you know, the victims in line, how he made money and everything. And um, it's, it's, that term is used to, you know, describe that, oh, well, pimping is, is easy and you can make money like this and everything. But that's, that's the terms that pimps use. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I, the other thing that I want to say too, is that I, I call pimps traffickers the majority of the time. I just say pimps here and there because, unfortunately, like, you know, our culture, they have glamorized the term pimp and they've normalized it. Like, I still hear people talk about, like, oh, my little boy, you know, he looks so good. He's going to be such a pimp later on and everything. He looks, he looks pimping. And I'm just like, you're pimp just... My, you're, pimp my ride. Pimp, but yeah, pimp my ride. And it's like you're you're yeah. teaching your children that this kind of lifestyle is okay when it's not like a pimp, a trafficker, really is a yeah. rapist, really is a pedophile. Yeah. That's what they are. Yeah, right. So I will go switching in between those terms. 
but I will use Trafficker the most because that's what they are. Okay. All right. So uh, the next thing I want to talk about, it's two two terms, and it looks like they may be kind of connected. I want to uh, talk first about what you have written down here, something called choosing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the process of choosing another pimp by simply looking at the pimp. Um, you know, victims are instructed to not be recklessly eyeballing if the original pimp wants his victim back he must pay a fee to a new pimp and then once that transaction has occurred the pimp will force the victim to pay to pay back what he spent so these victims are instructed to not look around to not look up and everything especially whenever they go to clubs or just places where they could be sold because they could be doing some reckless eyeballing and that's actually against the game um, the rules of the game. And so if that does happen, like it, like I said earlier, like they have to, the original pip has to pay a fee and everything. And then usually the victims catch a beating. Like I did have a survivor tell me how she had to recognize her trafficker shoes before going to the club, because if she was caught looking up, then she would catch a beating. And she knew that it would be worse if she made eye contact with the wrong male. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And you talk, I don't know if it was on a previous podcast that you were here doing or if it was in a meeting or we was just talking, but this brings to mind something you told, I think it was you that said that uh, some traffickers uh, or, or some victims had to kind of memorize what their pimp's shoes looked like. Mm-hmm. Because they weren't allowed to look up, they could only look down, and they wanted to make sure that if their pimp was there, they could tell that he was approaching them just by the look of his shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? yeah. So it's wow. Yeah, it's it's just sad, and I'm, I mean, I'm happy that out here in East Texas, we don't have like um, strip clubs or any kind of businesses that were that would promote sex like that at all because then I'm sure that we would see a spike in sex trafficking and we would so, see and uh, you know I wasn't born yesterday <laughs> you go to Houston or Dallas and especially and, and I know Houston the best cuz that's where I'm from but you know like on on the west side of Houston the um in the Galleria area, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Westheimer and, and Richmond and all those areas where all the, there's a lot of fancy high dollar strip clubs or quote unquote gentlemen's clubs there, right? Gag. Are, th- are they hotbeds for this type of activity? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I can't remember where I heard this or who, who told me this, but apparently, um, a 16-year-old was found in a strip club. And so, like, apparently nobody bothered to, like, find out her real age or anything. Like, they just allowed her to go up there. And, you know, she was obviously making money and everything, but all that money went back to her trafficker. And so it's just strip clubs and areas like that. I mean, you're just going to find sex trafficking. I guess it's, it's, again, I guess, lack for a better word, interesting these clubs present themselves as being very fashionable, mm-hmm. high, kind of ritzy, um, fancy, I guess may be a word, you know, uh, yeah. very sophisticated. Mm-hmm. And uh, you don't realize stuff like that could be happening in those 
yeah and it's like it doesn't happen and it it doesn't just happen in places where it looks sketchy or it looks like oh like illegal activity could be happening yeah and i guess that's the point i'm trying to Mm -hmm. make yeah and it's like you know traffickers a smart one probably wouldn't go to a sketchy place like that they probably go to a business that looks fancy that looks good and everything and just a place where it it will make people less suspicious of something happening for real. Sure, sure. Okay. Well, and then my, the other term I wasn't going to talk about, but you can, we kind of talked about the, the reckless eyeballing. Mm-hmm. Don't look around, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of keep your keep your eyes to the ground. Uh, let's see. Let, let's talk about, uh, uh, let's see. Wifey's, wife-in-law, sister-wife, uh what is that? It's um, it's a term that women call each other when they are in under the control of a trafficker. Um, and the same stable, I guess. Mm-hmm, the same stable, yeah. Okay. And that's that's like I said earlier, it would shock some people that, you know, there they could be like you know befriending and everything, but then underneath all that, there's competition, there's jealousy going on, everything. So. Sometimes they could make friends um, with another girl in the stable. Um, okay. And I actually, I, I don't know if you've heard of her. Um, we actually had Rebecca Charleston um, talk to the Safer East Texas conference. Okay. She was one of the keynote speakers. Right? Yeah. And she had talked about how, you know, she met a, a, a woman, a, a woman, and she was, you know, in the life too and everything. And she had talked about how she has, they were supporting each other and everything. And now they're thriving. They're what, you know, people will consider overcomers in yeah. the human trafficking world. So it's, you know, wifey, wife-in-law, sister, wife. It's it's a term that women may call each other. Okay. Um, squaring up? Um, that is an attempt to leave or escape the life. Um, and that is dangerous because if they try to leave... Then either the pimp will, you know, like I said, make them um, pay an exit fee, or if not, then you know the pimp is just going to try to highly, highly, highly discourage them, and they'll catch a beating, or they'll get tortured, they'll get sexually assaulted again and again and again. Okay, so if someone wanted to leave without the permission of the pimp, without paying the exit fee, that's squaring up. Mm-hmm. Is what we're talking about. Okay, uh, seasoning. So, um, sorry. See, I know that seasoning is like, um. See, you you gave me so many words. You don't, (laughs) you got lost. I can't even keep up. (laughs) No, um, seasoning, um, is designed to break down a victim's will. Um, so that way, you know, the trafficker can make sure that they are compliant and everything. And, um, this can involve isolation and gang rape and sodomy sleepless nights starvation and also threats so it's just really designed to break down a victim's a victim's will to escape and just ensure compliance and whenever we're talking about torture like i do mean some of the worst torture that you can think of so it's not it's not just a punch to the face so i guess seasoning you i guess you could also liken it to just trying to get them to accept the life Mm -hmm. and Not fight it and accept it for what it is. Get used to it, I guess, right? Okay. Uh, Well, Maria, again, there's there's so so many words here. (laughs) Well, and then some of them 
and, and I mean, we we can't talk. And I mean, some of them like a John. Well, yeah, you know, I've watched enough TV. I think I know what a John <laughs> is. But a John is a customer, I guess, of the mm-hmm. of uh, the tra- a, a brothel. Now, but this is interesting though. When you when you, you you have the word brothel here, of course, when you think of brothel, you think of a business. Mm-hmm. Hey. This is a brothel, but in the terms of trafficking, uh, it might be a little different, right? Yeah, it can be homes, it can be apartments, it can be trailers. It's just anywhere where um, it's a place where a John can go to and buy sex. Okay. So it does it. I know that whenever we hear the term brothel, we tend to think about that brothel out there in Nevada. The right, the legal brothels yes. in, in Nevada or the. Uh, Back in the day, I remember uh, the best little whorehouse in Texas. The chicken farm? The chicken ranch. Chicken ranch. The there chicken, you go. The yeah. Chick, the chicken ranch. You know, mm-hmm. that's, I guess when I hear the word brothel, that's kind of what I think about, you yeah. know, or, or terms or, or places like that. But it could be like a motel, I guess, or an apartment mm-hmm. complex that's known for Even... high prostitution areas or sex trafficking areas i guess right it it can even be a house yeah yeah okay uh and uh well this is kind of interesting circuit circuit um let's see um it's a series of cities where victims are moved i had to think about that i had to look it up um so like a circuit in texas um it could be considered like um like from Dallas to Houston or from Houston to Austin, things like that. I mean, that could be considered a circuit, but in Texas, it's called a red triangle. Um, the Texas triangle, that's where a lot of the reports of sex trafficking are coming from, from Texas. So so are victims actually, do they actually move them around? Yeah. yeah okay, it's, so it's not like Houston, they're going to stay in Houston. No. They may be in Houston for... What, a few days, a few weeks? Yeah, because, or... you know, traffickers are scared of getting caught. Yeah. So they have to be constantly moving, especially if they're minors, and especially, like, if they stay there too long and people start catching on, like, okay, we have a lot of cars coming by, we have a lot of people coming by and everything at this particular house. So they will be moving their victims a okay. lot in order to avoid suspicion. All right. Um, before we wrap up, is there a term... Or something that we have not talked about that you want to make sure that you feel is important that we do mention? It's, I know we talked about it earlier, but I just, um, the term pimp, I really do have a problem with it. Right. Because Cause of, it's been glamorized, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, don't, don't teach your, your boys or even your girls that, being a pimp at school or being a pimp is like you looking good and everything. It's just a pimp is a trafficker and traffickers are rapists, yeah. the pre- pedophiles. I know I already said it, but I just wanted to say it hey, again. Y'all, you probably can't say it enough. Nope. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Maria Villarreal, again, our, um, our uh, sexual assault and human trafficking specialist here at the Family Crisis Center. Thank you, ma'am. And and I will say this, and I'm and I and I'm not trying to butter you up or anything, but you can tell that Maria <laughs> does have such a passion 
uh, for this cause, for helping Aww. these people. And you got so excited when we got our our T-shirts <laughs> in for Human Trafficking Awareness Month. And uh, we do have a, a section now on our website. FamilyCrisisInterviewsTexas.com <laughs> that's dedicated to... Uh, uh, to your cause of preventing human trafficking, and Maria does. You do have a very, uh, a very strong passion for this, and that is Thank very you. admirable. Uh, so again, and Maria's here to help you if you feel like you need help. Uh, whether if you have more questions about human trafficking, or if you feel like you may be a victim of human trafficking, or or whatever, I do encourage you to give us our toll-free 800 number a call. Uh, we do have a 24-hour a day, seven-day-a-week hotline. That number is 1-800-828-7233. Again, that's 1-800-828-7233. Let me ask you this before, mm-hmm. before we go. If someone does feel like there's human trafficking going on or that they are a victim of human trafficking and they're trying to get out, what is the best course of action that they can do? The best course of action? I would definitely say first develop a safety plan. Okay. Either they can do it themselves or they can call an agency like ours and we can help them. But really and truly, um, they are the experts in their own situation, the survivors are. So they may know when is the best time to leave or when is the best time to reach out for help through a text or through a phone call. So definitely think about safety first. Okay. And, you know, if somebody wants to make a report, I highly, highly encourage them to call the National Human Trafficking Hotline Center. So that way they can make a, a proper report because we, we don't investigate. Um, we can talk to people. We can talk to survivors and everything, help them figure things out, develop a safety plan, let them know what services we have to offer. But um, if they want to investigate, then either call the local law enforcement or call the National Human Trafficking Hotline Center. So if you, if you are interested in the national number, uh, that number is one 888 88. Again, that's 1-888-373-7888. And again, we do have our uh, 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week hotline. That number is uh, 1-800-828-7233. Maria, thank you. Thank you for having me again. And uh, be sure to subscribe to Conversations and Connections. We'd love to have you as a subscriber. You can do that via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or the podcast service of your choice. And remember, be the voice, if not for you, for someone else. Mm